We join now by uh, analyst at Twenty Seven Four Investments, Nadir Token. Good morning. Morning, Sakina. Now, Nadir, uh, just looking at what's going on here, the ratings agency Moody's has slammed dismal South African growth. Yeah, you know, Sakina, I mean, uh, there's no surprises here, you know. I mean, uh, we all know that rating agencies are somewhat reactive. And uh, what happened is that uh, Moody's essentially has downgraded South Africa's growth forecast down to 2%. Um, You know, no surprises there. National Treasury itself has South African growth estimates at 2%. Um, So that's just really coming in line with the rest of the market. But in essence, they cited uh, worse than expected constrained electricity supply and uh, weakening confidence amongst the business uh, amongst the business community as well as softening uh, consumer sentiment uh, which 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 would result in a weaker growth into the future but uh, you know what ratings agencies do is obviously uh, rate South Africa's uh, sovereign as a, uh, in terms of how worthy they are as a credit provider and um, you know they, they for now have decided to keep South Africa's uh, rating um, on, on, on the rating where it is which is two notches above junk status and and, uh, well, two notches above sub-investment grade. And uh, really, that's one notch above where um, SNP, the, the, another major rating agency, has South African credit. So, you know, all in all, they cited uh, increased fiscal discipline. I mean, you know, we saw improved uh, budget deficit numbers coming out the other day um, as, 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 as the main reason for them maintaining their credit rating. And, uh, you know, National Treasury seems to be gaining some sort of credibility in that regard. But, you know, all in all, there's still a couple of critical things which need to still be resolved. Um, you know, obviously the government uh, wage negotiations is most critical amongst them. And, uh, you know, the simple fact is that uh, we cannot afford a 10% rise in uh, government wages. You know, and if that happens, it will place a severe strain on South African finance. And we could see uh, rating agencies circling once again. So, you know, these are critical negotiations and we're going to have to um, navigate them sort of with that uh, back drop in mind. And then uh, some news going around, Nadir, that South Africa is considering either partially privatizing ESCOM and, uh, of course, uh, putting up some of its assets for sale. And that's something that the minister did allude to during his budget speech earlier this year. What's your comment on that? Yeah, you know, Sakina, the bottom line is that ESCOM's balance sheet is extremely strained. You know, we're looking at a funding gap of about 200 billion rand needed by 20, uh, late 2018. Um, and we all know that, uh, as we just mentioned uh, two minutes ago, that uh, National Treasury is in an extremely uh, restrained position from a fiscal perspective. You know, they don't... Um, they don't have um, a lot of, a lot of uh, maneuvering room in order to provide ESCOM with more financing from the fiscus. So the bottom line is that we're sitting with this crisis at ESCOM where restrained power supply is severely hampering economic growth. Um, we, all, we know that economic growth is well below potential and not only directly severely hampering economic growth but also indirectly by um, restraining uh, um, private sector investment into the South African economy. Now, you know, this is obviously a crisis which needs to be resolved and, um, you know, we need to get generating capacity online as a matter of urgency, you know, and uh, if additional funding is needed by ESCOM, you know, we all saw that they applied to NERSA for a 25% increase in energy prices. I mean, you know, that's a ludicrous number given that the South African consumer is already as constrained as it is. Um, but ESCOM needs funding, you know, and the private sector, um, you know, is, is one 
one source to, to tap funding for that. And, uh, you know, National Treasury is being smart about it. They're saying that at the end of the day, ESCOM is a, a, nationally, a national strategic asset, so it can't be completely privatized. Um, but up to 30% of ESCOM uh, of could, could be privatized, or we could see sale of assets from ESCOM, or we could see um, the law allowing for um, additional uh, power generating uh, 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 service providers to come online. You know, we've already seen 5.2 gigawatts coming from alternate uh, power, uh, power uh, uh, providers. Um, and we could also see um, private companies allowed to generate their own uh, um, sort of electricity uh, requirements and sell back any excess uh, back to the grid. So the bottom line is that uh, in a time where the government, um, where the, when the purse strings are tight and when ESCOM you know, is sitting on a funding gap as large as it is and it's having this drastic effect on the economy, you know, alternate, uh, sort of, uh, alternate plans need to be looked at and uh, we need to get innovative about how we solve the ESCOM problem. So, you know, from my perspective, all in favor of um, investigating um, an, an, an alternative way forward. And, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is that a, a partial privatization of ESCOM could bring a lot of efficiency to the organization, which has be undoubtedly been what's lacking over the last uh, decade or so.